Welcome to the Main Deck Podcast. If you like games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, and many, many more, you're in the right place. For all of our TCG news and content and links to all of our socials, visit www.maindeck.games. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Main Deck Podcast. This is the podcast for and by players of trading card games such as Final Fantasy TCG, Grand Archive TCG, Pokemon TCG, Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duels, but only Speed Duels, nothing else, and so on and so forth. I'm your host, Dan Green, as usual, and I am joined by the wonderful Jason Tora. How's it going, Jason? Oh, so far, so good. I, I, I can't wait to talk about our docket today and such wonderful things we have to go over, like um, the awesome trading card games you just mentioned. It's especially Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duels, but yeah, again... especially Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, that's what I... Only I'm Speed Duels. For. Yeah, only that's Speed Duels. Literally, it's my middle name, Jason, Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duels. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of letters, but it's okay. You can shorten it a little bit. So did you change that name after they announced Speed Duels, or do you have like a lawsuit pending... Against no, Konami. No, no, no. It's, it's a birth name. Yeah. My mom had a feeling. <laughs> Your mom just had a feeling yeah. like, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, speed duels. She's like, no, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow, your mom is very, very clever in that case. I'm, I'm very impressed. Runs in the family. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> so, uh, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Main Deck Podcast. In this one, we're going to be talking about our, as Jason alluded to, a very exciting topic because both Jason and I are very, very much looking forward to Gen Con this year. It's our yearly excursion, and actually the one time every year now that we've kind of started this trend going where Jason and I get to physically meet in person because we're across the country, sadly. Um, yes, sadly. Sadly, but uh, especially sad because you're down in Gator Town and I'm up in the frozen tundra up north. So we both have our own set of unique problems. It's a really Romeo Juliet kind of thing, you know. Star-crossed lovers. It's how I've always considered sure. us as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gen Con is, is such a massive event for us every year. And uh, it just kind of occurred to me that I, I don't know if we've ever really done a podcast where we just talked about all the stuff that goes into preparing to go to Gen Con every year. And I know we're going to have a bunch of listeners who also haven't been there. Um, and so I thought it'd be really fun just as kind of the main topic today. We'll just talk about Gen Con in general, why we enjoy going, what, you know, what the experience is like, what we get out of it and, and how do we prepare ourselves for the great geek excursion uh, every year? Um, before that though, of course, we're going to banter a little bit. Uh, and because Jason, I haven't caught up with you in a while and, um, you play some TCGs that, uh, if long listeners of the podcast know that whenever I talk with like Mike and Jordan and Mitch, it's a lot of the same stuff. We like talk about grand archive. We talk about universes. We talk about, uh, those are the games, sometimes magic a little bit. Um, but Jason is, uh, sort of, well, you, you've enjoyed grand archive, but you play a lot of other games. So why don't you take the lead? Tell us what have you been playing lately? What have you been enjoying? So uh, lately, obviously, as always, I still play a lot of Final Fantasy. We're kind of winding down organized play, so there's been a lot going on with that. About to hit Opus 20, brand new Opus pre-releases start next week, so really excited for that. And lately, we, uh, me and my local community, has dipped our toes into Shadowverse a bit and having a lot of fun with that outside of uh, getting the product so much. But the game itself is a lot of fun, so we've been doing a little bit of that. 
And then obviously back to a little bit of the Pokemon. I've been doing a lot, uh, a little bit more of that lately too, trying to really get back into that. So Shadowverse is the new Bushy Road TCG. I did cover it in our all TCGs releasing this year, and it is a it is a sort of a collaboration, right, between Bushy Road and Psy Games because Psy Games published the Shadowverse digital card game, and this is called Shadowverse Evolved. Evolve, excuse me, not a, it's not past tense, it's present. Evolve, and they. Um, and they tweaked the rules a little bit to make it a little more conducive to physical card game format. And and I think there's just some like other adjustments and, and stuff made to the cards. Did you play the digital one at all? Yeah, I, I played the digital okay. game a fair bit. Yeah, they, they definitely made it to where it's a lot easier to deal with than, you know, um, as a physical game, especially considering Shadowverse. There's a lot of create this card, create this card and create this card. It's stuff that you can't really do in a physical game. So they really translated that over pretty well, I think. Okay. Um, and from what I've seen, this is a this is a very archetypal game, right? Meaning that you you open up the the product and there's kind of like six there's six crafts, I think, right? Six in the first set. Right. And yep. and you kind of build your deck around one of those, right? Yeah. That's correct. You 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 have your uh crafts, your haven craft, your sword craft, blood craft, dragon craft, all that good stuff. You know, and, and you pick which one that um appeals to you. They all kind of definitely bleed into other card games. You have your aggro decks, you have your ramp decks, stuff like that. So if you played the, uh, it has a lot of bleed over to games like Magic and other uh, kind of um, Hearthstone style resources games. Um, and it kind of appeals to the aggro player or me. Um, that game really lends well to being an aggro player. That's why I've been enjoying it, I think. Sure. Uh, yeah, the game looks really cool. The artwork's beautiful on the cards. Um, I know I've got a few locals up here who are like, testing it out with starter decks, but we, the thing about Bushy Road games, and I think I talked about this a lot in the, in the tier list video that I did last year. I know a lot of people, by the way, are waiting for the tier list. It's, it's going to come towards, I'm going to do a new tier list towards the end of the year. Um, probably around November again, because that gives me kind of the breadth of the year to look at. And I have, I have some homework to do because there are so many card games that have released in the past year, uh, and I really need to catch up. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to go into that tier list. My goal is to have, you know, having at least played every single game, um, if not given them like a pretty fair shake um, and, uh, and watch some content and stuff to get a good idea. But um, so that said, uh, all that is to say that um, I have a few locals who are picking up Shadowverse, but Bushy Road games are fairly um regionally focused it I, I i've noticed you know we've up here in the the upper midwest um in the u.s we have not ever had a very large community for any bushy road anyone at all even like our white Schwartz community is like four or five players um are are and it's like always been that way card fight vanguard like right after it came out like not long after it came out we probably got to eight to 10 maybe that I knew, I think. Um, and then it dwindled to the point now where like nobody plays it. I think some people picked up future card buddy fight and Dragoborn, but nobody ever really played it up here. So yeah, it's like, it's just tough, right? Do you, you, you said you've been having trouble getting product. Do you have, do you have people interested in your area for it? So when it first came about, I saw it, I was like, Oh cool. I played the digital game. Let's try to pick this up somewhere. And I literally was like the only one. And I was trying to get the other Bushy road guys, um, with uh, the Weiss players mainly to get into it, and they just were not interested. So all of a sudden, the game comes out, I get a booster box and a starter deck, and the two places I care can't keep it in the store. All the Weiss players start playing. But um, I think it, it, it boils down to two things. It's one, um, 
that um, getting Bushiro product in general is kind of a pain um, from some distributors, especially down here. And two, um, their organized play is um, lacking. I've heard that. For lack of a better word. Yep. So when you try to get the people who want to, you know, uh, put their teeth into it, but they're looking for more of a competitive edge, they really can't get that sometimes. So hopefully they really can hit the ball running with that, especially like how they're doing in Japan. If any of that could translate to the U.S. pretty well, um, I think they have a really good shot at having a really cool product outside of, you know, um, how pe how the, they're loyalist to Bushiro card games, which I think keeps Weiss in business myself. But that's not that can that's just kind of my opinion concerning the IPs and stuff they have access to. It kind of blows me away. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a niche player base. But I think they've got a good game on their hands if they could really just get it to people. That is exactly what I've heard, and it's it's why I'm very excited to give it a shot at some point because I'm just someone who likes to experience new games and new mechanics and and fiddle around with them and see you know just just get a feel for them um so you know i'm definitely excited to give it a try and and i would like if bushy road would step up and sort of you know i think you made a really good point about the ips they have like the ips they have in weiss are like some of those are off the charts nice. ips it's like it's crazy and it's so weird that it's like yeah we have like you know three to four players who play a game or whatever like i don't get it i don't quite i mean i can if i can guess at some reasons why it um it's it, it doesn't uh fly off the shelves the way that it should but um yeah it's it's just always kind of been the case um for one reason or another and i do hope that they're able to like take take some of that feedback and figure out how to take shadowverse because i I, I had the same experience as you right where like i was coming out as like Okay, you know, it's going to hit or whatever. And it was like, it was a, maybe like a week before Shadowverse actually launched that I like everywhere in my social media and everything, suddenly everyone's like, yo, Shadowverse is coming. Like, get like really pumped about it, like out of nowhere. Um, and uh, it, it's then I don't think they could really capitalize on that hype because then the product was tough to find and then the OP announcements were lacking and stuff. So, um, but I, there's still time, I think, still time to swing it together. Absolutely. There's still time. And, and um, not to mention, you know, like, like it goes back to the IPs and like Weiss has access to like Avatar they have, you know, and stuff like that. And to me, I see that I'm like, oh, wow, that's super cool. How can you make this product and not have like a home run? And then for me, I guess more as a competitive player, I, that that's where they really need to work on because they have, they have the guts of a really good card game. It's just uh, make it to where there's going to be organized play and incentive to play. And that organized play, I think, is probably where the next steps would be. Sure. So good, good advice from Jason. Hey, Bushy Road, you listen to this guy. He's going to tell you yeah. what to do here. He's, he's, he's for hire, by the way. Just go ahead, you know, contact, uh, you know, main deck games at gmail.com. I'll send it right over to him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, remind me of one thing. I was just thinking about this. Is Shadowverse a game where it is, uh, it's following a Japanese launch and that it's like a few sets behind or something? And, and, or is it its own game? Uh, entirely. I think, I think we're behind, but I'm not too sure. That's like, what I thought. Honest with you, I I was I I feel like that's the case from some of the posts I've seen from um from some various uh content creators. I think that's the case too. And for me, the the, the that's for me something that I that gets me less excited about a game um personally. And I understand why it happens. I'm just I'm just less excited about games like that. Um. You know, Pokemon has been that way for a long time too, um, and and for me, it's just like if if 
even if I'm not going to break the meta myself, even if I'm not going to discover the next new combo, I like want, I want that. I want the illusion that I can <laughs> to yeah. be there. Um, it's, it's less fun to just kind of follow the script for what the format is. Um, yeah, and I want people like you to be able to do that so I can build a deck. Yeah, <laughs> well, people people like me, but actually capable of doing it as yeah. Speaking of Pokemon, you said you've been playing some more of that. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Uh, so really, it's just been kind of getting back into live after a bit of a breakup with it over just not really enjoying the metagame, um, really. But now I think that the meta is in an okay place, especially as the new... Um, Scarlet Violet sets come out. I think the metagame is 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 okay, and it's enough for me to want to dip my toes back into it, especially with rogue decks. You know, like the uh, what is the the bird's ability? I think it's United Wings or whatever it is. Anyway, it's the where you do more damage for each one of them in your bin. Oh, sure. Um, kind of one of those kind of things. I, I'm a sucker for those kind of decks, so um, I, I'm definitely been messing around with that. And um, just kind of really using it as kind of like a casual kind of just get back into it because really locally the only places to play that play each week right now are like an hour away i don't really feel like making that trek so i'm kind of scratching my itch there with that okay um we so we last talked about this in the end of year podcast last year where we were checking in on on the state of pokemon um and i know we talked about a few things there one of them was waiting for rotation for when uh the the um Intellion nonsense would go away. That's what it was. Uh, how's that? How's that fared since that rotated? So good and bad. Um, okay. Intellion going away, I think, was was huge. Regardless, like it was super big. It needed to go. I was tired of it. Like I said, didn't care so much about Intellion. Cared more about Drizzle. I think Drizzle. Was yeah. Huge. Right. Right. Um. But it, Intellion is back, just not with that ability. Now people are actually playing Intellion VMAX the way it was supposed to be played. Oh, okay. Um, a while ago, which is kind of cool. That's like, like the sniper play. one, right? It is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the super sick uh, full art or whatever, where yeah. it's like on top of the tower. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but I think that it, it's it's slowly finding its footing again. Um, it was kind of a lot of the same decks, especially at launch for a while, um, that we didn't really have like that... Um, kind of robust metagame we had more like the fire emblem weapon triangle where we had like a deck beat this deck and that beat that and that beat that and that was it but now as we're obviously with rotation when more sets come in more innovation comes in we have more things to do and more cool cards to mess with so um as i said it's growing pains from beginning of a rotation but i do feel like it's it's in a pretty decent spot right i wouldn't say great but it's definitely better than it was in my opinion i'm just you know one person so when they brought in scarlet and violet they uh, brought back the EX mechanic um, from Pokemon of yesteryear. Uh, retired V for now or whatever. I, you know, at some point they'll bring back a different letter and it'll be the same thing, I'm sure. Um, but for now that's gone and EX is back. Um, and I think my my inclination when I first saw that previewed was that uh, it did not seem to be at the same power level as V and VMAX and VSTAR. And what you just told me was that the metagame was just sort of some same old top decks from prior to that. So does that, is that kind of track? Was it just like, a, like kind of like bringing in a lower power thing and then allowing that it just need a little time to sort of grow? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, you know, especially when we have these kind of underwhelming EX cards at launch. 
um, that were just like, okay, these are fine, but you could definitely tell it's like the building blocks of a, a new a, of, a, of a new block of cards. Whereas now some of the EXs are getting pretty are kind of exciting. Um, we're still dealing with some of the stowaways with the V stars and everything else, you know, since that's still part of the of the game. Um, and kind of that HP bleed, they still have a ton of HP. Yeah. So some of these, some of these EX cards, um, they still don't don't play nicely with them. But as the sets go on, there are more and more, which have been really cool with some really cool effects. Um, I'm really excited for the Decidueye that's coming out. It's kind of like the Decidueye of old, which I really enjoyed playing. So yeah, it's just it, it, again, you kind of nailed it. It's the beginning of a block. It's kind of here's your uh, generic vanillas almost. You're kind of your grizzly bears of the format. And now we're getting like the watch wolves of the format for like a magic, you know, uh, analogy there. Yeah. You know, we're growing into our, our, our better creatures for the same price. And just to continue the magic analogy, watch wolf is actually kind of an unplayable card now. So oh, for sure. <laughs> at some point, we're going to have to grow into more like the uh, questing beasts. Yeah, questing beast. That's, We're not quite at questing beast though, that's for sure. The the old six abilities, you always you can remember exactly oh. four of them, and then the other two are like, wait, he has that? <laughs> I don't know, they just kind of got away with printing that one. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they printed once upon a time, so I mean, I don't know. Hey, you know what? They're going back to Eldraine in the next set. <laughs> How exciting is that? I loved Eldraine, so I'm excited. I, I actually I actually I, I love playing Rankle. Yeah, Eldraine, Eldraine, I thought was a very cool theme. Um, and one thing I like about Eldraine is that, and I, I actually, I'm going to defend this in general, but card games in general, um, they, they call it their fire philosophy and magic, but it's the same thing a lot of card games are doing. The idea is that we're just going to print fun cards and we're going to deal with the ramifications later. Okay. And I'm a big proponent for this in all card games. I know that there's, there's a ban list and I know that banning cards doesn't feel good. Nobody likes to go, well, you know, your expensive mythic rare Okos, they're banned now. Um, but you know what is way less fun when sets come out and they're full of garbage cards that you just can't play. Um, I agree. So, you know what? Print print the Okos, print, print the Rankles, print the Bone Crusher Giants, print all that stuff. That's fine. Deal with it later because that way when a set comes out, I go, oh my God. This is so exciting and fun to like look at this cra this crazy deck's insane. This deck's gonna get banned. Like you can like and I think like sure, it's kind of like annoying and oppressive after you've played it for a month or so and you're like, all right, it's time to do something. Um, but I like that it's exciting. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. You know, you touch the stove, the stove is hot. You don't touch the stove again, but maybe you don't touch it again with that hand. And then you touch it with the right hand instead. Yeah. And you keep making those cards. You learn that lesson. But, it, you know, sometimes it, it's the thrill of it all. Like, especially with this, like to go back to Final Fantasy. We just had a ban. We just, we just had our first banning in a long time. Mm. Two cards get banned. And um, good riddance are garbage. And <laughs> I'm glad they're gone. But, you know, it's exciting to have those cards because it, it, it generates that excitement and that wonder and that, oh, man, this is super cool. This is super cool. And then, you know, you get tired of it. You know, it's like the Toy Story thing. I don't want to play with you anymore. And, you know, you kind of get your hand forced in that regard. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. I want big, flashy, exciting, crazy. Oh, my God, let's let's drum up some excitement. And then, yeah, deal with it after the fact, for sure. I think the fact and I think this fact is often really, um, I guess, looked over by people, 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 people overlooked, overlooked by, by people. But the fact is that you can't you can't play test enough. It's like it's that that statement can stand on its own. It literally like any company as big as they are is not going to hit everything 
um, unless the set is just that bad. <laughs> like if the set's really bad, it's really easy to play test and go, yeah, nothing broken here because like, and, and I'm telling, this is from experience. Um, this is from experience when, from my work play testing for Panini for Metacross, um, it was quite easy to tell when there were cards that we did not have to take any time play testing. I would, we would just note in the file, this isn't even good. And so <laughs> we're just like not even worried about it. And you know, were there things that slipped through the cracks in that it were like, were we didn't realize were powerful. There were a couple of cards. I think, um, if across the, the massive history of the four sets that that game actually had printed, um, there were a couple of cards I could think of where I thought, I think we undervalued that card, um, but nothing like supremely crazy. And instead we, you know, we spent our time preventing the like absolute complete stacks stasis lockdown decks from existing. We had some, <laughs> we had some crazy ones. <laughs> what was the synergy? What was it? The Detroit Lions? Who was it? That was oh, just, like, completely. The NFL five testing. Not, like, yeah, like, and, then, and in the in the notes for it was like do cannot do not it was like yeah it was like cannot be printed. You were you got to join us for a little bit of the NFL five play testing for the last set of that um that got yeah. that printed last year, but um yeah, like what we did in this and this is small fry play testing compared to Magic, right? But like what you know when when we had to play test, they're like here's the whole set. We need to get it tested. We just went through and noted. We would like sat there and and did, you know, Dragon Ball Z when uh, Krillin and Gohan are, are training on their trip to Namek. So they're just like sitting there and like fighting each other in their minds. Okay. So that was the, that's the first step of play testing <laughs> is we do that. Um, and yeah, there were a bunch of, there was, there were like, I think four ish team, team synergy cards that were all like, we sat there and we, we fought through the game in our minds and we're like, this is just completely like insane oppressive like there's no way anyone can win against this thing um i don't remember the exact effects off the top of my head now but they were they were basically just stopping the opposing team from doing anything ever and then your kicks got like plus a million yards or something (laughs) so this weren't allowed to play the game in a traditional sense to a point where it was probably unfun yeah for them and and to get back to my point, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that we would look at and and the, the priority in playtesting, um, right, was to like remove, try and stop the cards that made for an oppressively unfun experience. Then the next step was to, okay, like we're playing with the fun cards because we're the playtesters are just like players. So just want to you just like, okay, I really want to see how this. Uh, well, let's use the attack on Titan set. Like someone was like, I'm going to make Titans work. Someone's like, I'm going to make scout regiment work. And you know, like just doing that stuff. And I remember in attack on Titan play testing, one of the first things we noted, um, was that the scout regiment was just absolutely incredibly insane. Like it was, they all had these like comes into play effects that were really powerful. And then they had a bunch of cards that were like, blink your entire board. (laughs) And stuff and it's like okay so um in this game nothing costs resources none of the characters cost resources right so it's like you realize they don't have to commit anything to to put this on the board and then they just spend all the resources they gain playing characters to blink the board again and then like yeah we had to like super super add up they, they get a whole bunch of um requirements and qualifications added to so many things just to get it to the point where like because we, were, but we liked the playstyle of it because it was very much like they were swinging in and out of out of play, right? It was really fun because it like it really simulated that, but it was busted. Um, and then the other stuff we would catch would be stuff like, okay, I, the Titans 
in the Attack on Titans. For anyone who doesn't know Metacross, that's don't worry about it. There's they have their characters with stats, they have abilities, whatever. The point is, in that game, the max stat was seven, and um, in in general, and the Attack on Titan set, we saw that set list and everything was the same way, and we were like the entire playtesting team, us and some other sites, we went to them and were like, these Titans should have higher numbers than seven. That would be really cool. So so that they're so large that even the strongest things can't just knock them out in one go. Um, and that took effort to get through, but eventually they relented and, uh, and Rich, Richie, the designer, like, like, and, and his developers stuff, they finally went, okay, fine. I think he had to like go back to Panini and be like, can we print eights and nines on these things or not? <laughs> like, like literally like a manufacturing thing he had to figure out. Um, and eventually they did. So then we, we got things like Colossal Titan is the, the character was a nine strength, which is like in that game, it means that even Superman can't take him out. Um, he's huge, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I kind of got off track there, but the point is that, um, play is complicated. You cannot hit everything. You have a list of priorities that you're trying to nab. Um, but you still want to play test fun stuff. And, uh, if a set's really bad in general, then it's really easy to figure out all the good stuff because half the stuff you don't even have to bother with. And when a set's really good in general, it's a lot harder to because you only have so much time. And as soon as one thing's tweaked up, another thing, one thing gets tweaked down, another thing gets tweaked up, and then suddenly like the whole metagame that you're testing is different and stuff's going to get through the cracks. And I think that's going to happen whether or not you're designing with this like exciting cards thing in mind. But the advantage to doing the exciting cards thing is that the cards are exciting. So even if you like fail and you know, fail and you miss a few things and they're too powerful, you're still putting out a set that people are going to buy, which again, it's a company, it's a business, like that you need people to buy the product or it's not going to keep being a game. Um, and then people are going to get excited for, and they're going to get the builder decks and play it. So you got to ban things sometimes. Big deal. It happens. Or it rotates out eventually. Sorry, I, I totally monologued about playtesting there for a long time. But Jason, do you have anything else to add about that whole whatever Not I said? Really, no. You kind of you kind of said everything I was gonna say. Um, I'm sorry. Imagine, <laughs> it's just imagine you're marketing a set. And you're like, you know what would be really cool? I got a really good idea for this set. This card, and they show you like a, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go. Um, let's go like magic terms and this is it's two it costs a red and one and it's got haste and it's got two power and two toughness and that's gonna be our marquee card wow or you can make something like oko you know and then you really have something that people can grip their teeth into you have to have broken stuff i think truly to make money like to really give something outside of an ip now that's not to say like you know like lord of the Rings set notwithstanding like your generic magic set you, you there has to be something to sink their teeth into to get people to want to play um, outside of um, the setting or the theme. You have to have the bells and the whistles. And I think that sometimes get lost. And um, if they can't do that, then I'm not buying a stupid game. It's really a lot like uh, like an MMO expansion. If you think about it, it's like if there's sure. if there's not something there that... Um, that sorry, my, my monitor's just turned off for a sec. <laughs> We're back. Um, if there's not something in the MMO expansion that makes you go wow, they're doing that? Like, that's crazy? Then you're, first of all, you're you're not going to take the time to go, like, you got to think about the, like, the lapsed players and stuff who who need something to make them go, oh, yo, I haven't played this in a while. I got to go check it out again. Um, 
And you have to get something where people want to send that to their friends and be like, dude, look at this new Planeswalker. Like, this is crazy. And even if some people are going to go, yeah, another broken card. Like, that's in, I think we, we're talking about this in some other, some other setting. I can't remember, but I think magic is, um, magic right now is so big that there are a lot of voices who are voicing a lot of problems that wizards has, does have problems. Just be clear. I'm not saying they don't. Right. But I think there's a lot of problems that are, um, they sound a lot more common than they are just because of how large the player base is. And anytime there's a large, a large user base of anything, there's a large, the, the, the largest, uh, the loudest voices are the ones that are upset about something. And there, there's usually, you know, 10 times the amount of people who are just content or don't really care or happy or whatever, who are just sitting there playing the game and not like making YouTube videos where they get to complain about it or something, you know? And I think because of that, just that large player base and that vocal minority, you get just a lot of players who are going to make a lot of problems sound a lot more common than they really are, including the amount of people who are like truly upset about a broken thing when a lot of players are just content to kind of like be like, well, I'm just not going to play with the card or whatever. It's going to get bad. I'm not going to worry about it or whatever. And they're just playing the game. Yeah, it's definitely the uh, vocal minority versus the silent majority in a lot of those situations. You know, I have a platform I could speak and a lot of people take that kind of, you know, kind of like what we're doing. But you know what I mean? And yeah. then versus the silent majority, like you said, who just want to shuffle up and play and could deal like, you know, yes, this is a problem. That's a problem. But you know what? We could deal with it. We'll play around it. We'll wait till the people complain enough till it gets taken care of. And we'll just keep doing our thing. Yeah. And, and I do want to be clear, too, that like um, I'm absolutely I think I think it would be easy to take that statement and go, oh, well, these guys are like toxic positivity crusaders who are just like, don't don't say anything bad or whatever. No, no, no. Like I, I think valid criticism is awesome go ahead, get out there, like say what annoys you because I'm, I'm the guy who like, isn't doing that. And I'm just, I'm the latter. I'm just like chilling. I'm just having, like, I am using a platform to talk, but I, I tend to just talk about things I enjoy, not things I hate actively. Um, so it's all good. I like the people who are out there putting the criticism out there because criticism is absolutely critical to being able to actually you know, make the changes for the positive of whatever the the game is or whatever. Um, but I think it's, it's important to have sort of just that grounding, uh, that, um, there's a lot of people with platforms who know that using their platform to be controversial and negative is a more effective way to gain viewership. And, and by, you know, then, uh, the property of transitive equality, money. Right. So, um, that's, that's just, I mean, that's a, that's a cold fact about YouTube and everything. That's why you see all the videos with the, the various content creators who the, I'm not, I'm not going to name the names, but you know, them when you see them, um, every single thumbnail is, is a, this face. And then, and then magic is literally dead in the ground, six feet under quit the game is like what the thumbnail says, <laughs> like stuff like that. I think that's an exact quote from one of them. Um, but yeah, we, we don't do that here. Go for it. That's great. That's not my thing. I just, I want to have fun. So I don't talk about that. Um, uh, but I think it's important that both sides get heard, I guess is all I'm really saying. Oh, I could agree. You know, it, it's really easy to be polarizing when you're negative. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. I, I go by a saying in my everyday life, not to pontificate, but like you attract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. That works in real life. But on the internet, it cannot be further from the truth. Yeah. Oh my God. You can be, you need to be the most vile person and not like an actual person, but like you need, like you said, put it on a tombstone on the, the, the thumbnail and it's, it's stinky, rotten set and, and don't, <laughs> and they're making this product and don't do this and secret layer do, do, you know, whatever, because that's what gets people to go, oh, wow. And look at it. Whereas like, wow, um, that set sure is cool. And they're like, okay, well, that's great. Yes. Thanks for the opinion, nerd. <laughs> and then they show you in the locker and move on. But no, it, it, it exactly that. It's really easy to generate hype um, through two ways. One being, you know, over, an overall hype person for a community and being like that pillar or just being overall just salty human being about it. <laughs> just be as salty as you can. Just be as negative as you can. Uh, that way it drums up interest in that person. And in turn, you know, it, it helps you grow. But at, but at what cost, you know? Yep. Content creation advice from Jason. Again, sage wisdom that we uh, that we all should live by in one way or the other. You go ahead and pick your poison, which route you want to take. Um, and if you appreciate our measured approach on positivity and negativity, hey, make sure you leave a sub down in the channel. I'm going to plug that right now because that's, you know, since we're talking about what we do, that's what we do here. Uh, and with that, I think that's plenty and plenty of banter. Oh, wait, no, I want to give you one more chance because Final Fantasy is your game. Shout out the next set or whatever. What's going on? Why are you excited about Final Fantasy? Talk about it quick. So we got Donna Heroes. It comes out in like two weeks. Pre-releases start next week. Um, pretty cool set, especially for the Final Fantasy 14 enjoyers. Um, you know, uh, Alize and Alphano being marquee characters in this set. Um, full set list just dropped today. If you enjoy Final Fantasy 6 in any capacity, that is, it just got... I mean, it already is a very strong deck, but um, if you want some really sick full arts or some really awesome art that um, really captures the spirit of the game itself, and, and as you know, we could have a whole other conversation on what you know uh, the best Final Fantasy game is. You know, you have your opinion, and I have my opinion. Mine's going to be right, <laughs> yours is going to be wrong. Um, but <laughs> that being said, um, I get that a lot for mine. Art in this set. There's some really cool uh, mechanics in this set. Um, and I, I, I think that they really are kind of pushing the metagame into a very um, continuing to focus and hone in on the tribal aspect of the game, i.e. the game that is coming from Category 6, Category 7, etc. And uh, really putting some power into some categories that are already kind of strong, so that's a little worrisome. But again, new set, always a lot of really cool excitement with brewing and deck building, and it's always a really good time to get into the game, um, to go to a place that might be having a pre-release or having product and just dig in because the game is so much fun. The limited is so much fun. And this set should be an awesome limited set. So I was going to bring that up because I, um, we, so on the main deck discord, which again, shout out, join our discord down below. If you like TCGs and want to be a part of our community, um, we've been running some leagues throughout the year. And I've noticed a number of players from other arenas finding out about the game kind of through main deck and, and through the leagues and stuff and trying it out. And then being like, wow, like this game's really fun. Like, I really like this game. Um, I know that as far as limited formats are concerned, um, I would I would say Final Fantasy is... So uh, Magic, I think, is like the untouchable, like limited gold standard. Like, it's like they spend so much time. It's like, it's hard. You can't beat it because like it's... They design these sets for limited. So it's impeccable. It's hard to beat that. Um, but as far as smaller TCGs that do limited, well, I mean, like, 
Pokemon's whatever. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is yeah, I would yeah, you I mean I don't I don't think they even try Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. They used to and they're like, "Nah, just don't even worry about it. It's not a thing." Um to do limited uh like draft sealed format for people who don't know what we're talking about. Um but Final Fantasy out of all the ones that I know of is probably the strongest limited. I haven't tried Flesh and Blood actually. I should back up on that cuz I don't know. I have no idea. Like literally no clue how good Flesh and Blood is to play limited. Um, so leave a comment if you do, I, I want to hear about that, but I do know that final fantasy partially because of how magic like it is, um, in its kind of core, core game flow and stuff. Um, it works really well for that limited format. So the pre-releases, I haven't gotten to play a final fantasy one, but I assume that they would be a blast because of that. Yeah, they're a ton of fun. Um, it's really easy to build a limited deck in that game because of the way the resource system is, you know, everything's a resource, right? You're, you know, you can't get, you know, land screwed or resource screwed in, in a traditional sense in Final Fantasy. So it really lends to limited play. And they really do make a lot of cards, maybe not vocally with a limited focus, but they definitely are more limited cards than a standard playable card. Um, and, and that's really evident in this set. And again, um, some of the most fun I have playing in this game personally is limited formats where we could just crack open some packs and see what degeneracy we can get up to. Um, but yeah, when it comes to limited, I think final fantasy is my favorite limited game. You mentioned Pokemon. Um, yeah, that is definitely one of the worst experiences I've ever had <laughs> playing limited. Um, it's definitely a thing that they try to push and do with the build and battle decks and pre-releases are okay, but like, uh, you can't draft that game. Like that, that's not a thing. No, uh, that, that's why they give you the little evolution pack when you get a build and battle. They put the deck in there for you, <laughs> of stuff. And, and usually it's stuff that's not even in the set, it's stuff <laughs> that you could just play to play it. So, um, yeah, this set's coming out, it's going to be a lot of fun to play limited, really awesome bumps of some constructor archetypes, and um, got some really pretty cards in the set, too. Especially if you really like some mono art, we have some really cool mono art coming out in this set, and we have some really awesome full arts coming out in this set that I mean. I'm going to need many of them, which is um, sad for, um, you know, things like meat, like food and shelter. Um, I'm going to have yeah. to kind of budget for that to get these full arts, I think. Let's talk about a, a game that did a glow up, by the way, like from Final Fantasy set one to its current set now. Uh, I mean, they, they didn't have like the full arts in set one. It was all just that, like, that's the character from the menu screen, <laughs> you know, like just basic sprites. It. Final Fantasy 11.jpg. Yeah, oh my god, the Final Fantasy 11 JPEGs are so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's the character, and they're all the way back here, and you can barely see them, and you're playing three of it because it's really good. Yeah. You know, but it's just this, and, you know, and we still do get those. Like, that's not, that's not gone. Right. But we do have a lot more original illustrations now, which is really cool. The forts are just um, gorgeous, they're though. They're incredible. Yeah, they're really knocking them out of the park, and, um... Really, we have a bunch coming out in this set, and it's super hype. And I, 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 I could talk about it all day, and maybe I'll make something to talk about it. But um, you can. This set is really, really exciting, especially with the full spoiler list today. Up until the full spoiler list, I was a little punchy. I was like, "This doesn't feel as good as last set." Now, at the full spoiler list, I'm all, I'm all ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for this set. I'm ready to build. I'm ready to brew. Sick. Awesome. Well, good to hear. I, and I, I felt like it would have been a shame if I moved on without actually letting you talk at least a little bit about Final Fantasy, especially after I monopolized the conversation about a card game that barely lasted four sets. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, let's move on now. Let's talk about Gen Con because Jason, Gen Con is for many of us, the highlight of our, of our year. Honestly, it's, it's the, 
it's the thing I look forward to the most as soon as it's done. I literally, as soon as it's done, I go and see, okay, countdown to the next Gen Con. Like I'm ready to go. Um, Gen Con, I think this is going to be my, I think this is going to be my 10th Gen Con, actually. Um, I was doing the math on that and I'm pretty sure I went in 2010, 2011, and then I came back, uh, 15 for Panini, 15, 16. I'm going to do the math right now. 10, 11, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Nobody got to go in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2020. Yeah. 10th Gen Con, 10th Gen Con for me. Um, and, uh, Jason, what Gen Con is it for you? Do you know? This is number seven. I had a little bit of gap during the pandemic era. Yeah, that's obviously the one we all can go to, and then I didn't go. I didn't go in twenty twenty one, but I went twenty twenty two. Yeah, good. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. And and now you're with the main deck crew, so we've got you've got our you're you're in on our system where we make sure we get everything taken care of. We are very very um, forward thinking planners when it comes to Gen Con because we enjoy it so much that we want everything to go exactly correctly the whole time. Um, we just, we don't want to have any of those moments where we have to compromise on anything. Basically, um, Gen Con is a, for people who don't know, it is the largest gaming convention, largest tabletop gaming convention in America, not the world, because technically the Essen Spiel in Germany is the largest one it takes place in Essen in Germany. And it's, it's just I haven't gotten to go, but it thing's massive. But specifically, that's board game focused, right? The thing about Gen Con is that it's a it's a bit of a wider focus. Um, it covers not just board games, but also RPGs, miniatures game games, and of course, trading card games. Um, it's four days of pure gaming nonsense. Just literally, the reason that I like this so much is that every year. I, we get it. We, we head down on Wednesday. It starts on Thursday. We, we have to drive for like a million hours from up here. Um, I think you're flying in, right? Yeah, I'm flying in. Yeah, that's smart. Um, but, but Mike here, Mike has an RV, a main deck. Mike has an RV and, and this has been the system the past couple of years where, um, he's just, he just drives us down the whole way. And you know what, if someone's going to drive the entire way in an RV and I get to go play cards in the back, I'm not turning that down at any point. No, I, I I joke that one time I'm going to fly out to you guys and then go in the RV. I think you it's should, though. It's cost-effective remotely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible idea. But I want to do it just for the experience, right? That would be fun. I'm telling you, if you if you fly to, to Minneapolis-St. Paul and we pick you up on the way there, you're going to get most of the experience at a fraction of the cost. So... It's it's that a might be that might be in the books for next year. Maybe we maybe I could try to make that work. It's a reasonable option. Um so when we get there, when we on what starting on Wednesday, we all pile in the RV up here and we immediately just break out the cards, break out gaming consoles, and we're just jamming. Just games the whole way down. Uh, Mike has to make a stop at a place called Mancino's in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> This is grinder. Sorry, not sandwich. Grinder. It's a, do not call it a sandwich. It's a grinder. Got it, got <laughs> do not call it a sandwich under any circumstance. That's that's how we lost Dylan last year, unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Never saw him. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, it's it's uh, and and you know what? To Mike's credit, 
they're good grinders, but I just, we just think it's really funny that it's like this mandatory stop for a kind of a hole in the wall sandwich place in Eau Claire. But Hey, you know what? Shout out to Mancino's. If you're in the area, go check them out. Good grinder. It was a good grinder. I didn't get one. I wouldn't no. know. Well, I, I take your guys' word for it. I trust you guys. <laughs> well, you, let's bring one. We'll bring one down for you. <laughs> I think there's a fridge in the RV, so, you know. Yeah, there you go. Do you want one? <laughs> sure. We can get that all figured out, you know, yeah. my dietary needs and everything. I'm trying to do a little better. But, you know, GenCon weekend, obviously, go off the rails. So. Yeah, yeah, we all do. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. We'll get a, we'll get a little grinder set up in the fridge for you anyway. So the point is we're just jamming games all Wednesday. We get there then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's, it's games, it's gaming events, it's hanging out, it's food trucks. It's, uh, it's fancy dinner at, on Friday night for us. Um, it's running demos for companies. It's usually been Panini this year. We're going to be helping out, uh, Weebs the Shore at the Grand Archive booths, um, because Panini is not there, unfortunately. Um, and it's, and it's gaming related debauchery, I guess. <laughs> as, as, as wholesome as that can sound. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to backtrack, but you didn't mention my, my, the most important part of your guys' trip to me last year was the twine ball. <laughs> I think we'd be remiss if we didn't take just a minute to talk about your guys' twine ball saga. Cause to me that, I mean, I, I feel like I missed out on something. So a, a, a part of my life that I wish I can go back and redo it was, it was, I can, I can say it in the, in probably the most, um, straightforward way possible, uh, and, and the least exaggerated way possible. Okay. Pure earnest truth. It was a life-changing moment. Um, <laughs> that, that was, that is a ball of twine made by a single man that is quite large, um, and I can attest to it having been to it and looked at it and, and I looked at it and I thought that is a large ball of twine made by a single man. Uh, so there's uh, for people who don't know, there's a tourist trap in uh, the middle of Minnesota um, where called the biggest ball of twine parentheses made by a single man. That's actually a really important part of this. Cause I think there's a larger ball of twine made by more than a single individual. So they actually like have to qualify it now. <laughs> like the largest ball of twine made by a single man in the world. Um, and, uh, it's, it's in this, um, okay. First of all, before I get into the story, if you want weird, Al has a song called the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. And it is spot on. I mean, it's just like, that's, it's, I mean, there's a, he tells a whole story about picking up some dude who like steals his camera and stuff like what that part didn't happen, but just when he gets this part of the song where he talks about getting to the town and the ball of twine is in this makeshift pagoda. And that's what it is. It's you get there, you pull up to this thing. It's in a, just this like glass surrounded little pagoda kind of thing. Little, it's a big, it's a big ball of twine though. Um, and, uh, you look at it and you go, wow, that's big. Right. Like, like <laughs> that feels like, you know, I mean, it was worth stopping for, right. Worth thing taking that, mo that important time. Like, you know what I need to do? I need to enrich myself and immerse myself in this moment and really just kind of, you know, 
really get into the game. I really thought I brought you guys in your best spirits and focus for the weekend by stopping you seeing the world's longest, largest ball of twine made by a, a single man. I, I think... I think we probably added an extra somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours to our trip. It's like going out of the way there. And like, it's probably like a 40, 45 minute drive to it and then back kind of onto the route. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I will say, I think it was worth it because I'm someone who values a ridiculous experience like that of like, we all got there. We all ran out of the RV and we're like, wow, like <laughs> the ball of twine. It's, there it is. Oh man! <laughs> and, I tell you what, if I would have been in that, you would have, I would have complained to no end. I don't care. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm a big. I'm going here. I'm going here. We're going here, right? I'm, I don't. If I want to stop, I would have planned to stop. I would have been like, all right, and we're doing this and this. When you're like, oh, we're at, I'm like, no, I'm going here. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? They have pictures of it on the internet. You're gonna be that that meme guy who's got his like his arms to the side, like looking grumpy about, I don't know if you could picture the one I'm thinking of, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I imagine a meme. It's funny. Imagine, that's, imagine a, a, a meme. Yeah, <laughs> just means, imagine a no. meme. This is quality <laughs> podcast content, but I just brought it up because it's just so funny that like you guys were running late because of that. Well, part, not because of it, but that was part of it. And I'm there already. And I'm like, man, and me and <laughs> me and Mitch are like, I bet they're looking at the ball of twine still. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you you know you just get stuck man like hours pass by and you don't realize as your 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 eyes are running over every fiber in that every fiber yeah. of that twine ball it's it's right it's it, like like the like the hypnotode of twine balls it um, really i i mean of of all the twine bells balls of all the twine balls i was the most hypnotized looking at that one sure um we can get back to GenCon, but I felt like that's an important part of last year's GenCon journey for you guys. I th- I think you, know, you want to talk about Mancinos, but you didn't talk about the twine ball. I thought that was a pretty no mission, but I want to get you back on track. I think th- I think that was a fair point, and I do appreciate you having me bring that up because um, I, I guess it's worth noting that if you're traveling to Indianapolis, there are certainly some incredible tourist traps on the way, depending on where you're coming from, that you can stop at, and you can also. Uh, upset your friends by making them wait outside the hotel for hours because you're sitting there staring <laughs> at a twine ball instead of driving to Indianapolis. Um, yeah, so, you know, you can enjoy that experience too. But once you get to JetCon, um, then you are basically in for... The the thing, if you haven't been there, uh, I mean, the, we're, the attendance is... is in the tens and tens of thousands, um, typically. You know, we, I remember historic attendances in like 50, 60K... Um, being pretty commonplace as far as like turnstile attendance. I don't know how many like unique individuals that is, but um, it's uh, it is, it is, I th- I think it's something that most card gamers, most board gamers, whatever you kind of tabletop game played, something you should go experience one time RPGs, actually, especially RPGs, because they're the amount of like cool, like one shot sessions. You can, you could spend the entire weekend just jumping from DM to DM having like just a wild time. They do, they do the, um, what do they call those again? The massive RPG experiences, the like, uh, where where it's like some people organizing this this like a group of a hundred people and everyone's split into like countries and they're running like a an alien invasion scenario and like doing all sorts like you're running all over this room like one person's acting like the 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 banker guy on your team and someone else is like in charge of science and stuff. You're like that that kind of stuff is like the kind of crazy stuff that you can only do at a big convention. And is a hundred percent worth experiencing. 
basically no matter what your niche is board from board games to RPGs to, to like TCGs, there's tournaments and demos and, and, uh, like really, really wild events that you don't expect. Like every card game's got events typically for like, from like basic regionals to, um, like winning like crazy side events where you win uncut sheets of stuff. And like, um, this year they've got a magic event that's called into the unknown, which they've done at a couple of magic cons going into this, uh, where, they are actually creating custom playtest cards that they then put on paper and they sleeve into cards. And it's like a draft experience where you have no, you pay, you pay about, it was like 60 bucks. You pay the money. Yeah, it was not cheap. No, you, but you pay the money. You don't know what you're getting. And you know, at least some of the things you're getting are just cards on slip with slips of paper over them that people sell for like 70 bucks <laughs> afterwards for some reason. Um, but you're getting this just zany experience um, I know the one that I heard about, which made me want to do it this year was like, um, they did one where players got to draft those old, uh, Mirrodin besieged, uh, faction packs. You either drafted Mirren or Phyrexian. So if anyone played magic, oh God, 10 years ago or something now, um, you got to, for that set, they were like, who's going to win the war. It was like, they, they'd even teased that set three in the scars of Mirrodin block was either going to be called Mirrodin Pure or New Phyrexia, depending on who won of the two factions. And in the middle set, when they did the pre-release, you picked if you were playing for Phyrexian or Mirrens, and then you got these packs that were seeded only with cards from that faction. Um, those packs are worth quite a bit now because they were only for that. And people who drafted Into the Unknown at whatever uh, Magic Con that was... Um, got to actually draft those packs again. They got to pick a side and play one of the factions. And then there's a bunch of playtest cards that are like, if you're on the Mirren faction, this card does this. If you're on the Phyrexian faction, this card does this, which you also had to draft. Um, so you just get these unique play experiences. Um, and you get to visit the exhibit hall, which is just like full of crazy stuff to see. You can spend the whole time there. I don't know. I've been talking for a while. Jason, what do you experience at Gen Con? I mean, for me, it's a lot of the same things. Like, I'm going, my, my biggest, get, the, what I'm going to experience is just, like, it, it, it's almost like Gamer Valhalla the whole weekend. You have so much you can do. Now, as a person, I have a lot of social anxiety. I don't like meeting new people. Like, new things scare me. But when I can do that with, like, in gaming and stuff like that, it allows me to uh, immerse myself in that a little more and be a little more uh, uh, fearless in that regard. So it's really just about just in jumping into all these different events and like like uh, like you said, there's so many things from so many different realms of gaming. From you know, they have like the world's biggest game of werewolf and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that works and stuff like that. You know that that people are there to do. And like for me, I'm I'm there. I, I started going to GenCon because of TCGs. Um, I'm still going because of that. But the fact that, that there's so much there that I could do in, in in so many different realms of gaming to me is the biggest appeal of why I get so excited to go to GenCon each year. There's always something to do at all hours of the night. Like even after the events are done, you have, you know, um, some of my favorite time, you know, like we do at GenCon is just jamming games in the, um, in the, the game halls at, at after hours, just bringing a couple games down, just playing whatever we want, you know, with all sorts of people we don't see for a very long time. So for me, the, the, what I'm there to experience is just all of the stuff I can do that I wouldn't get to do around here with a group of people and a community of thousands upon thousands of people who are there just to do the same thing and have a good time. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, 
I probably should have led with that, but like the the big thing I love is just getting to hang out with. Um, I get I'm getting hang out with a bunch of my friends who, uh, you know, I just love spending the whole weekend with everyone. I get to see people like you again, um, and I get to hang out with um, just lots of people from. Uh, well, I mean, since we started doing main deck, I've, and but before then, you know, Jason, when you and I were DBZ judges, that was a huge thing. Was like going down for Panini. Um, getting to either judge or play in the event and just getting to see all the DBZ players in the community and get to chat with people and have fun. It's that like, I, I always find it a, just an invigorating experience. Again, if I, even if I've been like feeling down on, on like gaming or whatever, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm just getting a little burnt out or something. If I go to Gen Con and I get, I experience that, like that social, um, uh, the best way I can describe it is, is it's like a, it's like a battery recharge by sort of you you're sort of like siphoning energy off of other people i feel like you get to you get these people and every you're just like you like seeing these people you like to talk and you're and they're like super excited about this game you're like oh you know that like it's just kind of you you absorb a little of that and you get really excited again about um things and like it's um from like competitive experiences like you know i i actually last year my one of my favorite moments of gen con last year was the sunday um universes teams tournament that we played in. It was myself, uh, main deck, Mitch, by the way, shout out to Mitch who just top aided the online regional yesterday. Um, was, he was, he was on a tear. He wasn't even, he, he was, he was playing a deck with a, like an overloaded deck full of cards he wanted to test and still top aided with this thing without, without it being his refined list. Um, and, and Hey, a bunch of stuff he would cut and would have a, a, you know, more smooth experience, but Mitch is so good. So first of all, I was like, Mitch was like, Hey, should we do teams? I'm like, yes, you can be my crutch. This sounds great. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Dylan, who's not part of the main deck team, although actually Dylan did show up on, on some very early main deck videos when we were called before Metamaniacs, he was on cross streaming gameplay videos for Metacross back in the day. <laughs> um, a celebrity. Yeah, I know he's a celebrity. He's, he's not, he's not a, like, he doesn't formally do main deck stuff, but he's part of our friend group. So he's, you know, he, he shows up now and then. Um, and so it was myself, Dylan and Mitch, and we were playing teams MHA and, uh, Dylan was not as experienced at my hero as myself even, and especially not as Mitch, who's, who's more of a savant of card games in general. Um, and so, uh, round one, I think, I, I, if I recall, we we managed to take a win on round one. I think uh, Mitch and I might have won it. Um, and Dylan, I think his game was a loss. And he was, like, figuring his deck out and stuff. Um, round two, um, I... Th- did we get a buy? I think we got the buyers. I don't know what happened. I think our opponents dropped. Uh, or maybe that happened round one. One of those rounds, our opponents just didn't show up. I think they just took promos and left. And we're like, okay, we won. I think it might happen round one. Round two, we got... we. We did win-win-loss. Round three, Dylan was fried from the weekend at this point. He was trying really hard, playing competitively. He was doing his, and like no shame, no shade at all. He was doing his damnedest to try and like stay in this game. But we were, around three, I remember now, we were playing against a DBS team. Um, who was it? Was it Deeb Scrubs or something? It was, a, it was a team who did DBS content and they were playing My Hero. And... Dylan just finished game one and he, he couldn't, he couldn't turn his brain on anymore. And he just had to straight concede. And we were like, you know, oh, it's all good, man. We get it. No problem. Cause if you've never played my hero universes, that game is mentally draining. Like you, you have to develop the neurons for it. You're like, you're, you're like, uh, like your, your plasticity 
in your neurons has to like has to go to work to get these strong neurons where you can think in the right. It's like a serious, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's a it's a complicated game to play competitively. Um, Mitch was, you know, doing really well. He was he was fighting fighting for the win there, and 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 I think was I remember he in his match he was playing and he was he was I think he won game one. And was stalling out game two. That's what happened. He was playing a de- against a deck where it was it, as long as it didn't dunk him in one turn, he could stall out the game. So he he played hard on game one and won it, and stalled out to game two. And it was basically coming down to me because we knew Mitch was just going to inevitably stall the game out and and not lose unless something went horribly wrong. And I had this moment where my brain like suddenly turned into. Have you guys ever had this where your brain turns on to gamer mode? It was like what happened? I was like playing just kind of like an average player and I got, and I got up a game and then I think I lost the second game and game three. I was like, like everything just clicked. Suddenly I was in the zone. I was making next level plays where Mitch would look over and, and would like, I could tell I was impressing him. I was making him proud, which I felt really good about. Um, and I played my heart out and I won that match and that allowed us to go to be three and oh, um, going into round four, which they then had to call because the the con was closing at that point. <laughs> so we, I think we ended up second place because we had a buy as one of our wins. Um, and uh, it went to only three of the four rounds, but they didn't play the fourth round. So we got second place in the, in the regional trios. Um, and I just felt so good because like I had this moment where I was actually a competitive gamer for a little bit. And I carry and I helped carry our team to victory there. Um, and it's like stuff like that is like the, my long story short. Um, it's that kind of stuff where you get to, you know, you get to engage in that or you get to engage in the wild nonsense and usually both because it's a four day weekend where you're like going back and forth. I was going back from like being serious, like uh, a salesman demo guy for Panini to like complete debauchery nonsense like playing like we were buying we cross cards we, like, we got to try oh, we cross man. out <laughs> that was our big game that weekend to try um to i'm like seriously gaming my heart out trying to like win and and have it you know it's just like it's all those experiences in one weekend with with all your best friends yeah that's literally what it boils down to um it's just it, it, it's it's the highs and even more highs uh, there's really like no low point in the weekend Unless you know, Steak and Shake has like ten million people at it. <laughs> Steak other and than Shake. that, it's really just uh, all gas, no breaks. You know? Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, okay, so to the point now. I mean, that's what Gen Con is, and and if you want to go, you should. If you haven't gone yet, you should find a time to go. Figure out how to make the finances work. It does cost a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, we can't get around that. The fact is, there's you're paying for. You're paying for the uh, four-day badge because I, I would I mean, if you can only go one day, it's probably still worth it. But it's like making this weekend out of it that I think really elevates the experience to this like can't miss thing that, that we do every year. Um, so it's paying for a four-day badge, which is like $130 now. It like goes up five bucks every year, I think, at this point because of inflation and whatever. Um, you have to buy the four-day badge. You need hotel stay and hotel stay is either really expensive if you're staying downtown and you want to split it as many ways as you can. Um, or it's, uh, like normal ish price, like hundred something per night. If you want to stay 15 miles out and then pay either to 
uh, well, you either have your own car would, uh, and you pay for parking every day or pay for an Uber every day. Um, either way, then you're tacking that on kind of to the price of the hotel and, and it still is less if you want to stay there, but it's to the point where we, every year we, we go for the housing to book downtown because the, the, we find that the experience of being able to just walk to your hotel, uh, drop some stuff off, crash for a little bit. If you need to like screw around to the nightlife down there and just walk waltz right back into the hotel room. Um, that is worth the extra fee every the the four nights that you're four or five nights you're going to stay or whatever in my opinion um how do you feel about about hotel and and such for for me it's it's literally the same because it's like you said you can just come and go as you please when you're downtown and then there's you know there's a tons of really cool places to eat and to check out while you're downtown like it's 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 worth the whole experience to stay closer and pay a little bit more and, and like you said, it kind of goes back to how much planning you guys put into it. I kind of just am like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever because that's kind of like my personality. But at the same time, it's definitely um, a much better experience if you can stay close. But that's not to say if you can, if you have to spend a little less and stay further out, don't let that dissuade you from going or not going. Yeah, You know, um, definitely you could still have a great time. I think for us, I think it works better to just be out there among it and just be at it at all times. And for me, I have classes and I'll, like one of the days I had to finish homework before I can go out there and then I could just walk back over, you know, and stuff like that. Because, you know, unfortunately, while it's a weekend away, real life doesn't stop. Right. And the stuff still had to go on. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, it's, I think while it's financially, it's, it's not the cheapest thing to do. Um, there's plenty of planning and things that housing and stuff goes on sale so far out that you could definitely budget and make sure that you're doing the right things for you to be able to attend. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear too, like we've, we've done Gen Con basically every way you can do, um, as from going all the way back to 2010, I've done everything from, uh, from driving in and, um, and staying far away and driving there and parking to, uh, flying in, staying far away, Ubering in. Uh, I think we rented a car one year, I think, and tried that out. We like flew in and rented a car. And now we've, we've kind of gotten this rhythm. We've done, we basically, we like went back and forth and tried every little thing. And now we're like, you know what the best experience was for us? It was driving in, in a big RV where we split the gas, you know, and everything, even though RVs are gas guzzlers when there's like literally 10 of us in the RV or something, it's like not a big deal. Um, and, uh, and then staying downtown if possible. Now the catch to this. So we, we've kind of been beating around this a little bit about how much planning we do. So how much planning do you need to do to go to Gen Con? Um, so the realistic, uh, realistically, you don't actually need to do that much planning. Okay. I want to be like really clear. If you, if you're just catching this podcast as it releases, you're like, you know what? I'm going to Gen Con. Like suddenly that's pretty, it's pretty close. Cause it's the start of August, um, that you have to be ready to go. Um, but it's still doable. Actually, it's still doable to do that. Badges are still for sale. As long as you can take your time off work or whatever you need to do, you can still do it. Um, but here's what we, here's why we plan so far in advance. We start our planning in January. Okay. And we do that because January is when, um, they begin badge sales. And shortly after they begin badge sales, they have what is called the housing lottery. Um, and you may be wondering if you can just book a hotel downtown and that's the end of it. No, you can't. I mean, there are some kind of that are like downtown ish. And I think there are some people who like do some like 
calling and are able to like try and get some, uh, it, it tends to be very difficult. I, I, you need to either know the right people work in the hotel industry or something to be able to, I think, pull some of those strings and make that happen. What most people have to do, um, is buy a badge, which puts you in the housing lottery. What happens then is there's a certain date and time. If you've bought your badge by this day, then they will pull a housing lottery time slot for you and send it to you via email. They say, you will get to access the housing lottery at 1.32 p.m. And then you have to be ready to go at that time, hop into the hop into the, hot, the housing portal, and you can book a downtown hotel if it's available. And this is much easier sounding than it actually is to do. Uh, because those house, those those hotel rooms go fast. There's one year, 2021, where you could have it, it was it was free. It was a free year because no, like nobody wanted to go due to the pandemic. Um, so those the downtown houses were housing was open all the way through the weekend. I think like it didn't matter what time you had, you could almost get your pick of the litter. But now, back, now that Gen Con's returned back to its normal, in fact, it might actually be bigger this year than it was previously. I'm not sure. Um, it is a it is a tooth and claw fight to get these these uh, housing portal times. Um, we had how many lotto? We had maybe like eight lotto polls or something. We had two times that were early enough to be able to get a room each for our group, and our group needs two rooms. So we, we barely managed to squeak by getting two six-person rooms um, in the same hotel, but we almost didn't. Um, and so I make that really clear because if you're someone who's going to start planning to make, like, you're like, okay, based on what you said, Dan, I really want to get a downtown hotel room. I want that experience there. I'm willing to pay the 300 plus a night. Uh, it is for that, by the way, that's how much it is um, as we're recording this. Um then what I advise you do is next year, if you start planning this, you want to get in, get 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 your whole team together. Tell everyone who you're going with, say, you all got to buy badges right now. You're committing, you're buying a badge right now. And then everybody gets in the lotto. Everybody gets to draw time. And then you get, you get to take your best possible times and try and book hotel rooms for everybody. That's kind of like the system. Now, a number of hotel rooms free up over time. People drop their hotel bookings and they change their plans and stuff. And there's a really nice website. Um, I think it's just called like, I think it's just like genconhotels.com or something. Someone, someone made a little web app that just tracks the housing portal. Um, and if you don't catch that time, or maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, I'm, I'm going to try to get a downtown hotel room for Gen Con in two weeks. You can use this site and you might be able to get one. It's, it's totally possible. Um, but it's, it's kind of a gamble, right? And like I said at the beginning, the reason we plan so much in advance is to avoid having to compromise on anything. We, we're trying to avoid these gambles. So we buy, our, we buy our badges early. We get booked for hotels early. We start planning our trip. You know, if you have to fly in, you got to book your flight when it's at the best possible time. Um, Jason, do you have any advice for flight booking to Gen Con? Because that's something I, we haven't done in a while. So the biggest thing that I found with flight booking is booking as soon as I know I'm going, but not too early. Because um, when you book too early, the prices tend to be higher because they're like, oh, we don't know how it's going to be around then, yada, yada, yada. So I booked my flight around, I think, like March. I'm I, I'm flying super cheap. Like I'm, I'm bringing the bare essentials. This time I am adding an extra bag. Um, 
But um, at least out of Florida, we Florida, you know, being the tourist attraction that it kind of is, I have plenty of different ways to fly there. Um, it was fairly cheap. It's just leave, um, making sure I'm getting in on Wednesday instead of Thursday was like a big price point for me. Um, you don't want to fly in on Thursday. Yeah. Fly in Wednesday, get there ahead of time, um, get, get into your hotel, spend that extra money to have the Wednesday night hotel. Don't You don't want to fly in and the game that you're going to play is tickets for their events are on Thursday at 11 o'clock and you're not there or your flight gets delayed or anything else. So I would say definitely get in on Wednesday, get in that extra day early. So that way you don't miss out on anything you could do, especially with um, how the airline industry has been over the past year or two. It can definitely be a little dicey. But other than that, um, just really make sure that um, you're not booking too far ahead on your flight, but definitely early enough where you're not paying through the nose. I think I paid for my flight like $78. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm on an airline I've never heard of, but uh, <laughs> I've had people fly on it. Um, so I should be okay. You'll probably make um, it. I'll probably make it. I mean, if I get on the plane, that's like half the battle. That's that's their probably their slogan, right? Is whatever airlines. You'll probably make it. Yeah, like, and if I don't make it, well, I'm not going to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm not there. Um, yeah, I, and I, I want to stress one thing you said, which is which is the whole arriving arriving Wednesday, and we we leave Monday. Okay, and again, we've tried this different ways. We've done this different ways before. We've left Sunday. That sucked. That sucks. Um, I, I, we always book Wednesday night and Sunday night in addition to the other three nights we do it. We do a, f- a five night booking every time because having that, like, first of all, if you're flying in, like you said, like you, you can not, you cannot trust the airline to get you there on time. Um, you like if you, and you don't want to like red eye flight into Indy at like 7am so you can get to like the opening of the exhibit hall on Thursday or something like you're setting yourself up for a bad experience. Okay. You want to, for this trip, for a trip like this, in my opinion, for, for the, the big, uh, experience that Gen Con is, you want to set yourself up for success, which is why we always arrive Wednesday, um, earlier if possible, sometimes twine balls get in the way, but earlier if possible, allowing yourself to have some time to get in the hotel, check in, unwind, go have a nice dinner, check out Indy. Like there's, you know, Indy's a big city. There's lots of stuff you can go check out. Um, and, uh, play games, have fun, meet your friends, just like hang out, having that. I like the Wednesday night when there's just, it's, it's all the anticipation of all the excitement you're about to have, but it's not the stress yet. Like, I feel like once you get a lot of the big tournaments, if you're a TCG player, a lot of big tournaments are on Friday and Saturday, right? You kind of get into like, you get Thursday happens, you get to the exhibit hall, you check everything out. And then it's like, if it gets to be Thursday night, you're like, oh God, the tournament's tomorrow. And it's like, Ooh, I got to play test. I got to, you know, Ooh, I got to make sure my deck's ready and stuff. I like that Wednesday night when it's just like, I'm just going to chill. Yeah. You get the bonus day out of it. Um, a, a lot of the time. And also you can, uh, you know, you, if we'll call, you can get your stuff if you didn't get it sent to you, which is huge, yep. you know, and there's still, don't get it wrong. There's still a billion people there on Wednesday getting their stuff, but you're, it's not nearly as, as long. It, it is a bit of a wait. The advice, um, that I hear from people on, if you're doing, if you, so you can get your bad ship to you, I get your bad ship to you is my recommendation. It's too late for that now. But um, if you get in early, get your bad shipped, pay, it's like you pay 10 bucks for them to like priority mail it to you, but like, then you don't have to wait in this line. And if you're not going to get a ship to you, you actually, I believe you want to go to the will call line in the dead of night, if possible. Yes. That is, that is the best time. 
you because if you're if you're going, okay, I'm gonna get there around like 7 p.m. and I'll get in line early. That's what everybody's doing. Yeah, you were one of the sheeple there, man. Yep. No, you you wanna let them work through that line. Go hit it up at like 1 a.m. or something. You'll get in and out like that. It'll be so easy. Um, last year it was not because last year they had the uh or sorry, not was it yeah, it was last year they were still doing vaccine cards. They were doing vaccine cards, yeah. I think, last yeah. year, right? So last year you had to go get your vaccine card approved or whatever and get your little wristband, which they're not doing now, um, which is like, like, by the way, to- I'm totally for public safety and everything, but I'm also glad because I don't want to do that again. <laughs> right. um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because my vaccine line experience was like super quick. Yeah, it wasn't for me. You and were like, bang, bang, we were done. No, we, I, I don't know. I like... I, and we were, I think we went later because that was the, that was what usually works for will call. But for some reason, the vaccine line then was like nuts. We were, we were, there was like an extra one off to the top, like on the third floor to the right that they were like, people were walking to. We just went over there and just went, I don't know if we, maybe that was for different people. We just went there. <laughs> you hacked the system. We fell upward into, you know, the queue and boom, we were done. Uh, well, yes. good for you. Yeah, it's. I mean, but yeah, if you, if you got a will call, just just go hit it up dead of night. I think you'll have the fastest, fastest, wow, fastest experience. Tongue twister there. Um, and then uh, also the Sunday night, I think is is really nice too. Staying on Sunday night um, because the con basically closes at four p.m. Sunday. It's like everything just suddenly shuts down immediately. It's like the tournament I was telling about you uh, telling you about earlier. They were like, yeah, well, in 15 minutes, we all have to be out of here completely. So we're not playing the next round. Uh, we're just calling the the standings right now. Um, Conscious down totally at four. Then everybody dashes off. Your whole group gets together. You go out to one more nice dinner. And then you head back to your hotels and you just screw around and play your games that you bought and have a ton of fun. Um, it's a wind down night. And so you kind of have, you kind of have this wind, in my opinion, you do it this way. You have wind down at the start and you have wind down later on. And, um, Jason just disappeared. That's my, my advice is, is if you can go on Wednesday, leave Monday. So you have that, you get the whole con basically. And, and you get that little wind down in the front end and the back end. Yeah. It's definitely nice to have that cool down period, especially for me. I'm flying back out. I don't want to sit there and be all. Oh, I, now I'm in the airport and I'm just kind of like drained from everything. And still, you know, you know, I get to say, I feel like I get to say goodbye to everybody. It's like a nice bookend to have that extra day to stay Sunday night. Absolutely. Um, let's see. And what else, what else do we need to cover? So we've talked about booking your flights. We've talked about driving and your events. Like what are you going there to do? Oh yeah. Events. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent setup there. Um, the events at Gen Con. So, okay. First piece of advice, do not overbook yourself. So after you get your, after you get your badges, they're going to Gen Con's going to send you emails, be like the, uh, the, well, yeah, we should got to talk about this whole thing. Actually, the event system is going to open up the event catalog is going to open up this day and everyone's going to be able to buy their tickets for events. Okay. Now this is also not a simple process. <laughs> This is, <laughs> this is quite a system. Yeah. We had, we had a fun time this year. So here's what happens. So everybody knows now, maybe they'll change this next year. I don't know, but this is how it worked this year. You, uh, will, <laughs> you will be able to set up a cart of the things that you want to buy. Um, 
a wish list is what it's called. That's a trend where you can set up a wish list of the things you want to buy, which you should do, have that ready to go. And then you are going to be given a, uh, or they're going to tell you the, the catalog opens at this time. Okay. And when they say that this time and whatever time is, depends on your time zone. It's like pretend it's noon, but it's going to be whatever it is based on your time zone. Don't just say it's noon because Dan said it is. Okay. Check what it is because this is critical. When that thing goes live, you need to be there. You need to be there immediately. Well, there you are again. Yeah, I keep losing you. Sorry. I don't know what I don't know what's the, I don't know what's going on. Things trying to boot us out now. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, when that thing goes live, you need to be there immediately. And when I say immediately, I mean the very millisecond that it opens, Jason. Don't you think that's true? Yeah, considering I thought I pressed so you're gonna get this big red button. And it's you're gonna press this red button, right? And I must have pressed it and, and oh I must have pressed it as soon as I did it if I was on mobile. So it took a little bit longer to load on. Be on a desktop. Yeah. Number one thing, be on a desktop. I, I learned my lesson there. And I'm like, oh crap. So I was like, oh well, maybe it's not up yet. So I refreshed the page. And lo and behold, that was a huge mistake because it never I, it never processed I pressed the button. So my thing loads up and I am, if I remember right, I was like 9,000 something in line. Yeah. I was somewhere in the like 2,000 ish range, one to 2,000, somewhere in there. Um, And I pressed, like I pressed it, I was on a desktop with a good internet connection and I would, Mm -hmm. I pressed it immediately. And And I thought I did too. Yeah. Well, I did not. And that was a, man, that the group chat that day was a, a sad tale. Yeah. Just, oh, you're going to make it. You're going to get in. Because with these events, they only have limited spots. Yep. These events have an X amount of people once it's filled up and it fills up. And like the big, you know, um, mouse ears in the room being Lorcana, you know? Yep. Um, Lorcana had all these events. And I'm like, cool, I want to get into one of these starter deck challenges. And cool, I'm going to do one of these demo things. As it turns out, the rest of the living world wanted to do the same thing. And you had no shot at that point of the line. I was at literally no shot. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, well, I mean, Lorcana was just, the hype was insane and is insane for Lorcana. So that I'm like, I guess I just didn't expect it to be that crazy. I thought everyone would just kind of, cause they had so many demo events on the list, but, um, they filled up immediately. Again, if you were not clicking join in the first second of it going live you like frame perfect yeah for you speed runners you fighting game players like frame perfect. frame perfect frame one. you did not get in if you didn't do that um and i was early enough where i was able to get into everything that i requested um but a lot of our team were not that way specifically with lorcana most of us got into the grand archive event and then and then so here's here's the other thing right so okay You'll get, you'll get in some amount of your events. And again, don't overbook yourself. Book book some things that you sound that sound interesting, but leave yourself open time so you can go explore the con and, and pick up random things to do and go get food and all sorts of stuff. Um, I'd say don't do more than one thing a day unless you're like really sure it's like, okay, it's like a one-hour demo in the morning and like a two-hour thing in the afternoon. Like that's fine. But otherwise, just try and go like one thing a day, if at most, and then just go have fun Other other than that. Um, but once you get yourself into some things, um, or you miss getting into some things, if there's still events you want to get into, Jason, what do you recommend people do? Maybe they miss their, their grand archive event, uh, and they, they couldn't get in it. Should you cancel your Gen Con tickets and, 
and cry. You should refresh every waking moment of your life. <laughs> each Lakana event. No, um, just refresh it every so often. Um, that's what I ended up doing. And especially with the whole Lorcana thing, I really wanted to play it just because I wanted to play it. I'm not sitting here trying to scalp it. I'm not sitting here trying Same. to, oh, I'm going to retire if I go get this started. No, I really want to play it. I'm excited to play it. And it was appealing to me. So what I did is I kind of would be like, all right, I'm on my lunch break. Let me go ahead and refresh the event page. And lo and behold, tickets started opening up for all the things I wanted to play. A, because Lorcana came out and we're like, all right, Ravenberger was like, you guys were only allowed to get in one event. Yeah, so they ended up they dropped the hammer on scalpers. Huge. That's a whole other bag of kittens. But um, that happened, and then with the Grand Archive pre-release, eventually somebody decided not to go, and I got into that too. So just because you didn't get into what you didn't get into doesn't mean your world is going to end. Doesn't mean you shouldn't not go. Um, there's going to be more opportunities for our events. Uh, you can get generic tickets and walk up if someone didn't show up to a lot of these things. Like, hey. Oh, I guess two people didn't show up this. Well, hey, I have generic tickets. Can I get in? No. And that's another way to get into those events too. That works for a number of events, but there are events. And I think Lorcana is this way. They, I, th- I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, I think they said that they're only taking the signed up people and you're not, they're yeah, not taking, taking the signed up people and there's no transfer events on site. You could transfer it to somebody ahead of time, but if that's not you, you cannot play. Yeah. And so just, you know, do you do a little diligence and, and check what the rules are. They have, you know, Gen Con has good, a good list of details for every event. Well, they'll kind of go through how their ticketing works for that event mm-hmm. and everything. And um, you can actually also message. They have a, a button to message the whoever's running the event and ask your question. And then so you could just ask, hey, you know, do you do you take generics for this? If I if I get some generics and show up, will I be able to take someone's spot if they don't show up for it? Um, especially if you're looking at like smaller board game. I've, I've done in the past, I've run like uh, board game, um, teach and play sessions for some different board games that I was doing like, uh, play testing or just helping with the company with. And, uh, for those, it was very free form. I didn't really care. I, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, like these three people showed up, but I still have another spot. Hey, do you want to, you, do you want to come play? <laughs> like just, kinda, I don't really care. I just want to play yeah, the game. I want to teach the game. I know what I did was doing with uh, one piece when I got tasked to do that all of a sudden last year, I was like, <laughs> Uh, come sit down and play. I just sit down. <laughs> yep. And just, I mean, it was, it was like the wild west of that. So yeah. Um, and I used the function to, um, message your organizer this year. And that's how I ended up getting a spot in another event that was full. Um, awesome. As it turns out, just reaching out kind of went a long way too. So there are a lot of avenues to get in those spots. Just don't give up. There are ways to get in. Just refresh, a refresh, refresh. People change their mind. They refund their ticket back to their balance and do something else and spots open up. So definitely. Don't lose heart because you didn't get in that initial rush, but get in that initial rush if you can. It does make everything a lot easier. Yep. Again, we're just about, we're trying to make sure everything goes off without a hitch every year. And that's, I think that's, you know, the reason that we all love this trip so much is because, uh, there, there are a few people in a diff, in a few different ways. I do part of the work. Mike does part of the work. Um, and whoever ends up getting the hotels in our group does part of the work too. Every year, there's a few of us who are just kind of taking the lead on getting a few things done and in place as early as possible, which just ensures that we have this kind of like smooth experience and everyone has a good time. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I recommend that when possible, but also you can also make things work without, without having all that early preparation. Um, I have one more thing I want to talk to you uh, about, Jason, with Gen Con, and that's um, preparing yourself. Now, let's say you've got your tickets. Let's say you've got uh, you bought your badge, you got your tickets, you got your housing, you've got your transport all figured out. You're like, I am ready to go to Gen Con. Okay, well, what are you what are you bringing? What do you what do you bring to Gen Con, Jason? 
all your money. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I wasn't actually even thinking about that, but yes. <laughs> like literally every piece. No, um, the best thing of the way I prepare is I always make sure I have room to bring stuff home because you're not leaving empty handed, uh, regardless of what you're there doing. There's so many demos for so many different things, so many promos for everything. You're going to see things that uh, you wouldn't have thought to buy until you got there, like last year, Cat in the Box. I oh, what a good game. Cat Man, Cat in the Box, that was, it was hell on earth trying to play it. I was like ripping my brain apart <laughs> at that time. But it's such a fun game. But so I good. I have known about it. You're going to walk the floor. You're going to see something you've never seen before. Marvel Remix. Bring that back with us. That was a ton of fun, too. So make sure you bring room to bring back a ton of stuff. Um, my other thing, too, is, is bring a nice water bottle with you. You're going to be walking. You need to stay hydrated. You can buy water there, but there's plenty of places to buy or to fill up your water bottle. Stay hydrated. Um, make sure you have snacks. They're not rummaging through your bag to make sure you didn't bring something to keep yourself um, afloat while you're there. Make sure you're doing okay because it's a long day. Whether you stay downtown or not, you need to be able to take care of yourself and um, be aware of that unless you want to, you know, there's a ton of food trucks out there and there's a ton of things you could do and you can do. But again, especially when you're in these... Um, tournament settings just like you go to a normal tournament amp that up to 10 because you're gonna be doing so much walking there's so much to do there's gonna be so much things that you're gonna didn't know that you were gonna do until you got there so make sure you're you're being hydrated and take care of yourself and um wear a comfy pair of shoes don't yes. bring your flip-flops oh my god <laughs> you know, good. Like, oh, and make sure you know like i sound like a nagging parent like i am but seriously be comfortable make sure um you know it is the summer even though it's up north it's not like summer down here but it's still hot so, you know, make sure you dress comfortably for the occasion and have a good attitude. Don't go there and be negative, especially around all your friends. Don't, you know, go and be prepared to have such a wonderful weekend and just um, have a good time. Immerse yourself in the community and, and bring a positive attitude. Don't leave in a bad mood and bring it with you because um, it's not going to go over very well. Wow. I, I mean, I'm so glad you're here on this episode because that was like that's. That's all like spot on, like super important stuff that I might have been so focused on the gaming part that I forgot to even mention if you didn't, you know, go into all that. So like the water bottle, I have a water bottle that I use like only for Gen Con every year. It's a very specific water bottle because it has this little uh, built in carabiner and, that it can latch onto my bag with. And then it has like a button activation to be able to drink out of it. So I'm not like screwing around with like twisting and doing, you know, whatever stuff like I, it's so easy for me to just like latch pop drink like and that allows me to make make sure i'm keeping myself hydrated all the time i fill it up every day in the in the hotel or throughout the day at, at any of the um water stations there you you absolutely are going to be especially if you're someone i know in this hobby there are people with varying levels of physical activity um that they're used to it, it we we have all types of people in this hobby absolutely and if so you're if you're someone who is not frequently on your feet walking around all the time, um, you will be shocked a little bit by probably by the amount of, uh, of physical exertion that it's going to take just kind of getting place to place throughout the day. The Indianapolis convention center is very large. The exhibit hall is, I, I tell this to everyone every, every year who's who, everyone who's new every year is that you will not, you could spend your whole day in the exhibit hall. You will not see everything. Um, you have like one entire, like from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. is when the exhibit hall is open. You spend the whole eight hours only in that exhibit hall, skipping lunch, and you wouldn't see everything in there. You'd have to come back the next day to finish it off. Um, 
And that's like not even if you go ahead and like sit down and do demos everywhere you can and like buy things and like stand in line for some stuff or whatever. Like it's uh it's just and that's and then there's walking to the hotel, there's walking out to the food trucks, there's going all the way from convention center one end of the convention center to the other to get from an event here to an event there. Um, you are going to be on your feet. Comfy shoes are so critical. Hey, are you someone who feels like maybe you could use some insoles to to give your feet a little bit of cushion, but you've just not bothered with it? Go go get them. Go treat the time. treat yourself. Go get some nice little insoles there. Protect your tootsies. Get out there when you're walking. You're gonna have that cushion. You're not going to wear your feet out as much. You're going to have that water. You're going to keep yourself hydrated. You're going to have a better time. Absolutely. And yeah, snacks like uh, protein bars, granola bars, go like for energy. Cliff bars are great. There's pure carbs, but like they're, you know, they'll give you some good energy boost throughout the day. Um, And that'll keep you going because also like. The other expense here is that food trucks aren't cheap. (laughs) Like they're not, they're not cheap. I, 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 so I'm a big food truck advocate. I get out there every year. I love picking out the food trucks I'm eating at every day. It's like one of the things I look forward to the most. And I know I'm spending extra on food truck food. Um, and I know I'm going to stand in lines, especially if you want to do the, 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 uh, traditional thing and get Island noodles. The line for that is, oh my God. (laughs) Um, and it's just like, you know, some wok fried noodles or whatever, (laughs) but, um, But if you're going to do that, you know, you want to have a little bit extra money for that. Or if you want to save a little bit of money, you know, you can have these kind of like snacks on hand, snack yourself throughout the day, get the, bring the, go to, go to Costco or whatever, get the big box of cliff bars or something. You'll be good, uh, for, for most of the day, just snacking on those, have a nice breakfast at your hotel, have a nice dinner somewhere. Um, and that, that's, that can be a way to maybe save a few bucks and make sure that you're treating yourself correctly, keeping yourself with some, uh, some vitamins, some nutrients throughout the day. Um, the other thing I want to mention is bring a bottle of hand sanitizer. I, yes, this is something I started doing a few years ago, uh, because I was tired of coming home from Gen Con every year and being sick immediately. The con crud. I, okay, look, I know I've probably been lucky, but since I started bringing hand sanitizer and using it and, and, and like using it, you can't just bring it. It doesn't have a magical aura of, of like plus one protection against disease. You have to like, you do something and then you go, oh, let me just, you know, you, I put it on my bag, just like my water bottle. I just squirt a little on my hand, close it. And then I sanitize my hands. I have not been sick once getting home from Gen Con since I started doing that a few years ago. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, we had masks on last year too. Uh, that yeah, look that probably did a little bit too a little bit right it does a little it does yeah. a little uh, fun little fact the little astronaut hand sanitizer holder you gave me last year is still the same one i use right now hell yeah for my sanitizer i use at work that's great i refill it every every every, every single time i run out and then real quick while, while we're on the sanitizer side don't be the stinky person at the con practice good hygiene shower every day Put deodorant in your bag. I'm from Florida. I always, in my tournament bag, my friends mess me all the time. I keep deodorant in there every time when I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of people playing cards all day. Imagine that amplified by tens of thousands of people at this convention. Don't be contributing to that. <laughs> you don't want to be a contributor. You want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. 
the big thing at work right now is, do you want to be a prisoner or do you want to be a passenger? You don't want to be a prisoner to the stench. You want to be a passenger. You hear that workplace? <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that you. one. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I just heard it. So, you yeah. um, yeah. So I think those are some of the essential things for sure that you want to, you want to make sure you're thinking about. And then of course, you know, get, get your to- brush your teeth. Come on. They're part of your body too. Get, bring your toothbrush, brush your teeth. Get, we don't have to tell you that you got, you should you know that. Shower. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, bring all that stuff. Uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself. And then as far as other things you should bring, like um, honestly, so you don't, other than if you're playing in a tournament and you need like your deck or whatever, Here's the thing, unless you are, you really know what you're doing. Don't bring your whole collection. You don't look, no. you do, it's not, it's not a thing you need to do. Um, we've had, and we've done a card tournament a number of times. I've had one year, I think where it was really fortunate. Someone brought their whole like DBZ collection because like someone had to like audible deck the night before because they like made a metagame call and they're like, oh, I'm going to get crushed with this or whatever. And like, we were all like, oh, good thing that. Mike brought his whole collection or whatever. So we could like do that. But every other year, it's like an insurance policy, right? It's like, it's, if you just, if you just don't bring it, if you don't buy that insurance policy every single time, you can just like pay less and replace the thing the one time you needed it. It's like, if you don't spend all that time and effort and risk bringing your entire collection every year, then that like that one time you need to use it, I bet you'll be able to find a different work around anyway you'd be like you just message the facebook group and be like hey does anyone have these cards so i can borrow them and you know whatever and someone like hook you up because car game community is good like cool people are cool so i'm sure you'll i'm sure you'll work it out i would say just don't don't worry about it leave that at home um i usually bring commander decks if you're a magic player i bring commander decks and uh i bring those because number one we like to play on the rv down but that's kind of like our thing um, but number two, if you just wanted, if you, if you're playing magic and you don't know what you're doing throughout the day, one of my favorite things to do is just join random commander pods with people. They do these four player pods. They just fire them off all day long. Anytime there's four players and you just get to meet some fun people and, and have just like wild experiences. We have some, we have some crazy stories of the, the games we played. The one, the one last year that I love to tell was, uh, I'll, I'll make it very brief, but, um, Three of us sat down. It was me and someone else from our group. It was some random person who was playing some like janky deck. Um, this isn't the year where the person, or no, this was the year that I think they had, they played a deck that was entirely unsleeved and we were like, what's going on? <laughs> it was some like mono green Titania, like elf deck. That was like totally just, they, they're like, I don't like sleeves. And we're like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. And then the, the fourth person is like, yeah, I'm playing CEDH, Infinite Combo, Malcolm, and uh, and Breaches, like, partner deck. And uh, we were all like, uh, dude, like, this guy doesn't even have card sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so we started playing with this guy. And, and he was like, he, to his credit, the dude, was, the dude was, like, definitely on a different power level than us, but was, like, being kind of cool about it. So he, like, he goes turn one, he's like, okay, uh, Chrome Mox, Soul Ring, Ancient Tomb, like, like, and we were like, oh my God, here it goes. But then a couple turns in, he's like, do you guys want me to combo or not? And we're all like, no, we want to play the game more. And he's like, okay. And he just like did some random other stuff and we're like, all right. So 
I ended up playing, I was playing this weird like party Tazri deck that I, that I play where it's, it's got a bunch of janky creatures of different creature types. That's the point. Um, it's got a weird creature in it called frontline medic that nobody cares about that, uh, is very relevant in this story. Um, because it has an ability I never get to use that says counter target, sacrifice frontline medic, counter target spell with X in its mana cost. You can guess how often that comes up. Like never when that thing's in play and someone plays a thing I care about or whatever. Um, and the, my, the, the opponent goes, finally, he goes, okay, all right. I gave you guys the extra turns, so I'm going to combo now. He's search my deck for this thing, whatever. Finale of Devastation for 12. And I was like, hang on. That has X in its mana cost, right? Yeah. Okay, sack my frontline medic, counter it. And he's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then he lost the game. I ended up winning the next turn. <laughs> I just had this board of dudes and I'm like, and smash everybody for a million damage or whatever. So, um, yeah, you get, you just get fun stories like that. So I, I recommend if you're a magic player, you like playing casual magic, um, join a random four player commander pod, have, have some fun because like, I bet you'll meet some, like I have other stories, but this isn't, I'll save them for one of our Patreon, like story time podcasts, uh, where we talk about that stuff. But yeah, like that, that kind of stuff can be really fun to do throughout the weekend too. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, whatever your card game du jour is, bring a deck, even if you didn't sign up for those events. There's going to be someone playing it somewhere in the room, um, and you'll you'll have time to play whatever you enjoy um, for sure. I we uh, there was like an eight player Final Fantasy pod last year that was a lot of fun, and there was no official event, but there were still people there playing, and there were still learn to plays by the community happening. So just because your game might not be represented doesn't mean if if, if you want to bring it, bring a deck or two with you. So you. Uh, um, a, if there, there's like-minded people that are playing it, or B, someone might want to learn. So yeah. it'd be a good opportunity to teach someone something new. Yeah, when we were playing We Cross last year, we kept like we were we were at the My Hero event cracking We Cross boxes and playing, and so many people stopped over and they're like, "What is that game?" Like, and I, I swear I was working for Collectors Cash that week, and I kept being like, "It's called We Cross. <laughs> it's at the Collectors Cash booth. You can go check it out." Someone's like, "I'm going to," and they, like ran out there. <laughs> it was almost an indoctrination. Like they come by and then they, I walk by and they're just opening packs. I'm like, what in the heck are these guys? And I played them. Like oh, this game's actually not bad. Yeah, no, it's a fun I game. I did not end up buying boxes like everybody else, but many people did. It was kind of like the 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 hype part of the weekend was all the Wii Cross opening. Man. It's it's you know it's and it's just kind of fun. Every year there's something there's something different. So last year it was like Wii Cross and Cat in the Box were like kind of for our group like the breakout things that like everyone started playing Wii Cross. And we're like, wow, this is really cool. And then like someone cracked open Cat in the Box, like okay, whatever. And then you play it and you're like, we got to play that again. We got to play more Cat in the Box. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and that's, you know, it's part of the story, part of the fun. So, um, uh, Jason, you have any other, any other like advice, anything we missed about preparing for Gen Con or Gen Con itself? No, just, uh, go with an open mind, have a good time and, uh, be conscious of others. Make sure that, um, the people we're with are having a good time too. Don't be that negative Nancy that brings everybody down. Go have a good time, be positive and just in, immerse yourself in, in kind of what is a very unique once in a lifetime kind of experience that we're lucky enough to do every year. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I understand not everybody has that, that ability to do it every year, but if you can like, if you can just get yourself to be able to do it one year, I think, and, and I'd say do it, you know, like do it right. You know, if like, if you're, if you're able to get yourself for that four day weekend, um, even if you have to like skip it one year to maybe do the longer thing the next year, something, however your finances work out, I would actually say do that. I think that's going to be a more fun, more memorable experience than like, well, you know, I can swing a Saturday and that's it. And I can do that every year. Like 
you know, I, whatever floats your boat is cool. But like, that's what I'd say is like, just try and try and, uh, follow the, I'd say follow the way we do it. I just think is really fun. So I, I like the way that, that we get everything set up, uh, find your group of friends, find people to split hotels with, you know, contact your TCG community too. If you're like, if you're a player of, of, uh, uh, whatever random game, uh, we cross your we cross player, whatever. There's like, I don't actually, there's not a we cross event. Let's say you're final fantasy player and they've got an event down there. Um, go ahead and, and, you know, message the community be like, Hey, I want to go to Gen Con, but I need a hotel room. Is anyone got any spots? I promise I'm not going to kill you in your sleep. Uh, make sure you include that part. They really like yeah, it when you, when you bring sure it up yourself. Kidneys. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yep. Um, but you know, we actually, we used to do that for DBZ all the time. You know, there's tons of people who are just like, Oh, you're just like finding other members of the community to link up with and split hotel costs. Like do whatever you can to keep the price down. Cause the price it's way too expensive to go on your own. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta do something like that, but there's usually you're able to find some people. If not just start to develop like we did, you know, this didn't just didn't start with 12 of us being like, let's all go to Gen Con together. We built this up over years of being like certain people come, certain people go. And eventually, you know, all the people in our group have basically just decided, yeah, I want to do this every year. This is, this is worth it for me to do every year the way we do it. Um, so we, so we have a big group doing it now and, and that can be you too, but you got to start somewhere. So, um, well with that, then I think that's going to close our, we're getting pretty long winded, but there's so many stories and there's just so much to talk about. Actually, we kind of talked so much more about Gen Con. I have so many other things that I didn't really cover. Um, but what we are going to do, stay tuned for this. Our next episode of the main deck podcast on the main channel here is going to be our Gen Con recap episode in August. So, uh, for that one, we're going to have four members of the studio back in at the same time, another four person podcast, just like we did at the end of the year, um, which I'm very excited about because those are just very fun podcasts to do. It's probably going to be a long one. So get ready, strap in, because we are going to tell all our Gen Con stories uh, over that time, as well as we are, uh, I mean, if everything works out, we're going to have a lot of Gen Con coverage, uh, like content, not just me blabbering at, a, at, at you guys for like an hour and 40 minutes, but, uh, content with different, um, different parts of the TCG world here on main deck. So that's all going to be coming after Gen Con. And I hope to see some of you guys there. If you're going down to Gen Con, uh, we will be easiest place to find us actually will probably be the grand archive demo events where a lot of the main deck crew will be hanging out at those, um, which are taking place. Uh, Oh, can I do this Friday four to seven? Saturday, seven to 10. I think those are the numbers. Yeah, those are the times. Okay. So, and there's also a Sunday one, but we'll be at the Grand Archive pre-release uh, for that one. So, but if you, if you want to catch us and you, and you can't find us throughout the weekend, we'll be strewn all, we'll be at all sorts of different TCG stuff, but we'll definitely be there um, during those times. So if you want to say hi, for some reason, come on down and, and, and say hi. Actually, I will have, here's what I'm going to say. So this is how I know you're really cool podcast listeners. This is the, this is the bonus extra content that you come for, come for here. If you find me and you say, I listen to your podcast and I want the keychain. You say that to me, you're going to get something special. Okay. So you heard it here first. It could be a boat. It could be a boat. It's a keychain. But you, <laughs> but you will get that. So um, I will have those. I'll have those with me on the weekend, and uh, I will. I'll have them with me while I'm out and about. So if you find me and you say, "Hey Dan, 
I listen to the podcast and I want to get the keychain, whatever, some mix of it. it doesn't have the exact words, but say something like that. So I know that you listen to the podcast. I will give you the keychain. Um, and it's, it's a cool main deck themed keychain. So, uh, I hope you enjoy that. And I hope to, I hope to see some of you guys there. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of the main deck podcast, another long winded TCG podcast about in general, TCG debauchery. That should probably just be our slogan now. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. We will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jason, for joining again. Always a pleasure. Uh, it was, the pleasure was mine. I had a lot of fun. Okay. Very good to hear. That's what I like. And I hope the listeners had fun and we will see you guys on the next episode of the main deck podcast. Take care, everyone.